Yeah, all right, two, three. Yes, the beer is flowing. It's a good night here at Atlanta City Market. Cheers. Cheers. And what it is, this is your boy Mecca, Cash Color Campus Podcast, a high level of conversation. Recording live tonight from live from Urban City Market, not live hip hop daily, uh, for our Atlanta City Market event. And as you know, for Atlanta City Market, I tried to turn the podcast into a, a situation where we could speak to black business owners, especially black business owners in the Atlanta area who are really burgeoning and, and kind of opening up in new lanes. Uh, and and my guest today, I had a chance to meet on a happenstance. To be completely honest with you, man, I was I was I was in the venue to pr- to um, promote my boy Brandon Peters. He has a brand new um, craft beer called um, Drought Season. I'm not the biggest craft beer drinker. Yep. But I was like, let me go support my man. So I was down there. I was down there, and I had a chance to speak with the person I'm speaking with today, which is Isaiah Smith with Our Culture Brewing Company. And um, the reason I brought him on because not only is this man a uh, this man and his wife are, are owners of a of a, a significant black-owned brand here in the city, but he was speaking to me about things that I feel like black people overall don't really get a chance to get into, which is craft beer. So without further ado, I'd like to speak to my man Isaiah Smith. Isaiah, how you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm doing well, man, and I want to say thanks for you know giving me a chance to be on your platform like seriously uh, any opportunity that we get a chance to talk about opening up craft beer and exposing our community to it like that's that's the essence of our culture yeah well, you're doing a great job of it tonight as you see we don't pass the beers around everybody's having a good time man um talk to us a bit about how you got into craft the craft beer lane like that's mm. normally not a thing i hear black people jumping into like we jump into weed before we jump into beer for for sure so yeah. i mean you know i think my story and, and my exposure to it's not necessarily unique you know i i've was in college, you know, I, I was drinking a bunch of beer, and then I remember vividly one time I, I, I visited a buddy of mine in Poughkeepsie, New York, and while I was up there, I had Yingling for the first time. Okay. And Yingling, you know, it's it's America's oldest brewery, so it's not necessarily like uh, a small, you know, crazy craft brewery. It's, it's really like a well-established one, but their beer is very uh, crisp and, and clean and very well done. So it was slightly different than stuff I was drinking, like 211, Milwaukee <laughs> Beach. You know? I was drinking, I was drinking garbage. Right? Yeah, trash. So when I had Yingling, I was like, wait a minute, this is actually kind of good. And then it opened me up to the world of, well, if you like Yingling, here's New Belgium. If you like New Belgium, here's Sierra Nevada. And so through that exposure, uh, after I was kind of, after my tongue had been awoken, you know, I really just had the uh, voracious appetite to drink all types of things so you know after that man it was all it was off to the races and you know as i drank more i wanted to really understand like how it was being made and so that's what got me into actually trying to brew was can i replicate the flavors that i've tasted now when you first started brewing uh, what was that process like and were you able to replicate the the flavors you were tasting or was it the trash you was making that you was already drinking was it closer to that uh so you know we started brewing and I, i recommend everybody if you want to get into beer start extract brewing i know extract brewing gets a lot of flack because it's not all grain and i I can see a lot of pro uh brewers and experienced home brewers rolling their eyes right now but extract brewing for me for us for our culture was like a gateway in that made it approachable yeah right so it allowed us to quickly get in and get our hands dirty and experiment with the process and our first batch of beer came out you know serviceable it wasn't like world class to the standard that we are now but it was definitely uh good enough to get us engaged to keep going and so that's why i recommend people starting with extract is 
it's that stepping stone. Now, for those who don't know, what exactly is the extract mat method of craft brewing? For sure. So extract is essentially what happens uh, to not get like super nerdy and technical. You got a couple different processes in, in making beer. So one, you know, water chemistry, we'll, we'll talk about another time, but it's super important to understand what your water's doing. But you're basically taking your water and you're soaking it uh, in, in, uh, with some grains okay. for a period of time. And those different type of grains yield a different type of uh, sugar content and body and flavor. And so that's called the mash. Okay. So what happens with extract brewing, that mash step is already done for you. So they've concentrated that down into a liquid or dry form, and then you basically just dump it in some water and get straight to the boil. So you don't have to worry about trying to get your mash and all the conversion stuff situated. I almost want to put it in the most simplest form for people. It sounds mm. like if you were buying dope and you bought, and you were, you, say you were trying to sell crack, and yep. rather than try to make crack, yep. you just bought crack. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, let's let's say let's say two steps up before crack is finished. You know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You you cut through the process. Right. Like like I want to sell dope, but I don't necessarily want to get into the process right right yeah. right so it was just a shortcut that allows you to get the concentrated sugar uh, already extracted and then you're ready to go with the water straight into the boil and then you can play around with the hops and the yeast but uh, again for us as an entry point into the space it just it was simple it was easy to wrap our heads around and after you know, probably about maybe 20 or so brews of extracts after we felt confident in some of our base uh, recipes, that's when we were like, okay, let's get into this all grain. Let's start using like the lager that Josie brewed that we're pouring on tonight. Uh, we had, we used corn flakes, uh, uh, well, flaked corn, I, I was gonna say. say, not corn flakes, it's cereal. Flaked, flaked corn, I should say. <laughs> uh, flaked corn in the mash. You know, we, we experimented with the temperature, we experimented with the duration, so it, give, it gives you a lot more control over the process. Okay. And that's, you know, one of the one of the joys, man. It's like painting a picture. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. So our culture brewing, um, again, speaking about just being black in this space, mm. I, I don't hear this, I don't hear about enough brothers or sisters really getting involved in this business. So, you know, again, I went to go support Brandon because I know Brandon, but I don't mm. know too many people who do brewing. For sure. But again, in Atlanta, that culture actually does exist for sure you know what i mean I, I i see it through podcast i mean i hear it through podcasts i see for it sure. on social media that culture does exist yeah um, speak to us about that culture of black craft brewing that, that actually does exist for sure and so you know first i want to say that black craft beer is everywhere atlanta is a great representation or a, a manifestation of the potential for a current scene but black craft beer is alive and well uh what we need however is more physical spaces that allow black entrepreneurship in the industry. So we need more black breweries, we need more black hop farmers, we need more black monsters, we need we need more, you know, uh, black um, you know, ciders, uh, cider meteries, you know, all, all those things. So it's really about um, having the opportunity to create the infrastructure that allows these businesses to come to fruition. It's prohibitively expensive to start a brewery. Yeah, There's a lot of upfront costs. There's a lot of time. And it's a highly technical discipline. I, I, I want to, you know, I don't want to gloss over the fact that craft beer, the, the craft part is, it's, it's easy to do, but it's extremely difficult to master. And I, you know, I, I know a lot of great brewers that, uh, have done some really interesting things, uh, but I, I dare say 
I don't know of anyone who's got it all figured out. You know, we're all experimenting. And uh, why I think it's so important to have us in the space is because these new voices that add to the conversation lead to more experimentation and better beer. So craft beer is alive and well in the black community. We just need more infrastructure around it to, to let it be known. Let's get into these beers, man. So uh, when we first, before we started, you gave me a chance to sample a couple of beers. And mm. if you could hear the slur in my voice, it's because of that. It's not high alcohol, but it's good taste. So you mm. keep drinking. <laughs> it's that is that kind they got on you. Right. Uh, so talk about the drink, the, the the beers that we that we sampled. Um, and we can start with the one I'm sampling right now. For sure. So what you got in your glass right now is the the Belgian Blonde L, and um, that is all my wife Josie. Um, and so let me tell you a little bit about our culture. It's, it's the four of us, myself, uh, my wife Josie, my best friend uh, Shaquille, and my twin brother Isaac. And we're all brewers. We you, have all a have, you have a brother in the same name? Uh, Isaac. Isaac and Isaiah. Oh, my fault. My yeah, fault. That's no crazy. worries, man. No worries, man. Look, I'm, I'm glad it came <laughs> and out that way. And y'all twins. And we're twins. It was either Isaac and Isaiah or John and Joseph. So I'm glad we got Isaac and Isaiah. The Bible was happening. I knew the Bible was happening anyway. <laughs> So we landed on that, and one of the things that we started with at our culture when we founded this is that we all had to be technically disciplined to be able to make beer. Yeah. And so, um, you know, my wife has taken that charge and elevated it to a place that is uniquely her own, and the Belgian Blonde Ale is one of her expressions. So um, it, it's a traditional Belgian Blonde Ale, uh, but what's interesting about it is uh, it's got a little bit of honey there, and that honey was added late in the boil, and it adds a uh, residual sweetness that is delicious, that yes. pairs well uh, with the profile of that beer. And the uh, yeast strain gives you like really fruity esters, which is delicious and kind of elevates the, the, the taste of the honey. So, um, you know, I, I love what she's done with it. This is the third version of this beer, and I think we're almost showtime ready. Okay. Okay. And what was the first beer? Was, it, was that the first beer? The first beer uh, was also uh, Josie's, and uh, that was her interpretation of the Mexican lager. And so with that one, that's why I was talking about the flake corn, and we used uh, Moteca hops, which is like a, a lemon and lime kind of citrusy uh, flavor profile, but you know, super crisp, super clean. And I'm disappointed because what you guys didn't get to try is we actually made a tincture out of serrano peppers mm. that we reduced uh, down uh, and strained and so the Mexican lager was meant to be paired with this serrano pepper tincture okay. to add this element of spice to kind of elevate it to a different place again all my wife's creation so I tell you diversity is so important because uh, those are the, the, the ideas that come from these places that are not currently being represented. I love the conversations we have when it's craft beer because it sounds like wine connoisseurs. Mm -hmm. You know, we, 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 we speak about the importance of certain elements when it comes to taste and things sure. like that. And you've spoken, off, you've spoken already about a few times about hops. Mm -hmm. um, what's the importance of hops? And I guess, I mean, what's the difference? Like, have we ever been, like, a, clearly people have been drinking beer, but have you For been sure. drinking, have you been able, uh, been able to tell the difference, you know? For sure. So, you know, I, I, I want to say that craft beer is wide and expansive and there's tons of different styles. And there's tons of variants within those styles. So one of the things that drives those variations is the hop profile. And so the hop profile, you know, uh, man, I've, I've had hops that uh, smell like lemons. You know, I've had hops that smell like funky and dank. I've had hops that are tropical. You know, it, it's, it runs the gamut. And so when you introduce uh, hops into the beer, 
you know it's really all about uh, temperature and duration and so within that that gives you different uh, expressions of what that hot character can be like yeah. so for instance with the Moteca which is the lemon and lime kind of uh, flavor you know we added that um, at a particular point in the boil to give you more aroma you know so you get a little bit of the citrus in the taste but in that foam that aroma is rem reminiscent of that citrus lemony lime type of feel so it's important man and i also mentioned uh hops and cannabis are close cousins i feel it you know and I, that was my next question you know again you, I'm, I'm listening to the conversation i'm like this reminds me a lot of people like shout mm. my man stanley atkins you sound like a weed connoisseur. They're close. You know cousins, what I mean? They man. break down the terpenes. They yeah. break down how all that works down. Yeah, like it's, yeah. a, it's a special process with these brothers. For sure. For sure. Yo, so um, speak to us again about the closeness between uh, cannabis and, and the craft beer situation. For sure. So I mean, you know, truthfully, like I said, I mean, legitimately, they are cousins, right? So we're uh, while you know hops don't have the psychoactive element of uh, you know THC, CBD, CBDN, all that type of stuff. Um, the terpenes uh, are really more, you know, in marijuana, the oils and all that type of stuff. In the hops, it's lupulin. Yeah. So, you know, we're basically, from a plant perspective, trying to access those oils and extract those oils that have all of the flavor and aroma that it imparts, you know, when you introduce that into uh, some type of liquid. So, um, you know, the process of breaking down to getting to, uh, to, getting to the uh, different flavors and aroma of marijuana it's very similar to the process of bringing down a hop to get to, to those flavors in a row. So is there a good beer that you could pair with a good blunt? Like, is, is, is there a certain strain of weed that'll pair really well with this, with, with, with craft beers? So I'll tell you, I'll tell you yes and no. My, my personal experience, uh, marijuana kind of kills my taste buds. Mm. You know, and, and, and for me, like, like what I'm drinking, I'm drinking to have that experience of all of the nuance of the flavor gotcha. so anything that overpowers my taste buds prevents me from experiencing you know like the depth of flavor that would be in Josie's Belgian Blondel. Yeah. Uh, however, if you want to talk about, you know, <laughs> but however, hey, I'm saying if you want to talk about, you know, uh, something that's particularly dank and funky from the cannabis side, there are a ton of hops that have that same characteristic, mm. and you'll see that in the Sweetwater uh, G13 series. Okay, you know, it's it's kind of like that approach to uh, how I would think about pairing cannabis and marijuana. I was going to mention that Sweetwater plays with it a lot. You mm -hmm. know, I know they had a, a collaboration with Be Real not too long ago mm -hmm. uh, for 420. Mm -hmm. So they play with that, that same, I guess, the, the, the family lineage a lot as well. For sure. It's an interesting space and I think there's a lot of opportunity there. But, uh, you know, in the back of my head, to experience the apex of what craft beer is, like your taste buds are absolutely essential. You know, so anything that kind of gets in the way of that is, uh, you know, it's not a detriment, but it's just different. Uh, it's like, you know, you wouldn't want to drink Listerine and then eat a good steak. No. <laughs> <laughs> or brush your teeth and drink oat Oh, come on, you know what I mean? So it's like those, anything that messes with my palate in that way, I'm like, let me let me do it after I've had my craft beer. I feel you, man. So COVID, COVID has been a situation that's either made or break people, make mm. or break break people this mm. year. You know what I mean? Like we've watched businesses fold, we've watched businesses grow. For sure. It's, how have you been maintaining during COVID? Like how have you been able to maintain the brand, continue customer relations, continue customer engagement? Like how have you been able to do that during this time? Well, you know that that's a great point. And fundamentally, our strategy has not changed. So. 
at the heart of it, our culture is about our community. Yeah. Our culture is about the people. Our culture is about our culture. And when I say our culture, I mean, you know, us. Yeah. But then I also mean the American story, right? Like, where we are now, we are part of a fabric that extends beyond just us. So our culture is an interpretation of that. And it's really just been about trying to get beer into the hands of people who traditionally have not been exposed to all that craft beer can be. Most people get a Miller or, or well, you know, I, I'm not going to bash, but they get a macro brew and they don't like it. And then they think that all beer tastes like that. And that's not the case. Every culture has a fermented beverage. You know, soju, um, uh, you know, there's uh, one in um, Africa that starts with a U that's escaping me right now. But ultimately, our strategy has been about trying to connect um, our flavor profile to the community and say that the things that you grew up with and enjoyed, we grew up with those same things too. Yeah. Here's what it tastes like in a beer. Come engage, come try, come drink. And uh, we've been fortunate enough to partner with a lot of other brands that allowed us a opportunity to, um, you know, work together to get our message out to the people. So it hasn't been solely on the on the backs of our culture. You know, I want to shout out leaders of the Brew School, you know, and and, and all that entails, and, and all the people there working to keep. Uh, this craft beer scene in Atlanta growing, but it's really just been about trying to stay safe, man. You know, making sure that we're able to reach people, but doing it in a way that doesn't jeopardize anybody's safety and still giving them the quality beer that they're looking for. Gotcha, man. All right, for those who are, are still hesitant about trying craft beer, they they're they're bent on what they drink. Um, what would be a what would be a suggestion that how would you suggest to them that they try this? I would say, I mean, much like anything, man. Like you know, I, I go back to when I was a kid. Uh, I was a picky eater for like a very small window of time and I vividly remember eating something that was just like I said I didn't like this then I had it and it was delicious and after that I was like I'm gonna just stop all this behavior you know what I mean like you allow yourself the chance to try if you try it and you don't like it then you don't like it but if you never try it how do you know and so I think it's really about uh, trying to slowly build on what you're comfortable with and finding a style that's close to what you currently enjoy, but actively trying to branch out. If you like a lager, there's tons of craft lagers out there. If you like an ale, there's tons of ales. If you want to get hoppy, you can go that way, but try. I feel you. It sounds like scrambled eggs to me. Like for the longest, I didn't eat scrambled eggs, and one day I ate them, and I was like, "All right, these are good." Right. Right. <laughs> Look at it like it's your scrambled eggs. What have I been missing? <laughs> what have you been missing? All right. For those who don't want to miss any more, let them know how they can find you online, how they can get more information about um, our culture brewing, and however they want to support. For sure. So I would say uh, first and foremost, ourculturebrewing.com. That's our. That's a great way for you to. Uh, engage with us and understand what we have going on. Subscribe to our contact list and that way we can keep you up to date with everything we're doing in the city. Uh, we're live on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, all the platforms. Our Culture Brewing, you can find us there. And look, we, we'd love to hear from you. We, we are doing this for you, the people. We are doing this 
for our culture. We want to start a conversation with uh, where we think craft beer could go, but you know, I'm, I'm asking, I'm asking the people that question. Let's start with what we brew and and build something different as we move along. My boy, appreciate your time tonight, man. Uh, everybody, make sure they go go ahead and check out some more of those samples. I'm gonna go downstairs and bring some more people upstairs so they can come right. check that out as well. I cheers, really appreciate brother. you. Let's have some. No beers. doubt, cheers. Let's have some beers. And that's Cash Color Campus High Level of Conversation live from Urban City Market tonight.